Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Frida Sive here. She is the acting chief of house and CFO at Norsken Foundation. It's Europe's biggest hub for social impact. They just recently kicked off this activity. What they do is that they investigate and they ideate and invest in big ideas for a better world. Uh, Thank you. Welcome. I am uh, really impressed by what, what you are doing. And I think it is incredibly, incredibly important. And it actually ties well into my first question, actually, which is what is your own passion and what are your dreams, which had also eventually maybe led you here? I usually say that my passion is passion, which is uh, kind of weird, but I, I get really rallied up and I get really excited when people are excited and when they really buy into something. It's not so much what they buy into, what are their real driving force, but that they really are engaged in what they do. Because that's when you really see stuff happening. People develop, people innovate, people come up with new ideas. So I, I'm really passionate about passion, actually. <laughs> and, and I try to maintain my own passion in, in many different ways. What is your passion? It varies quite a lot, actually. But I, I want to involve other things than just business. Like I have a big passion for music. I don't play or I don't, I play a little bit, but I don't play well. But I listen to a lot of music and I get really engaged in different types of sounds and and music styles and so on. And that, that really, I think that really inspires me in my business life as well, because it gives my brain something totally different to think about. But my real passion business Wise is actually uh, kind of corny and it's making a better world because, I mean, I can't help to improve anything and everything and uh, it could be small or big. So if I get the chance to improve something, I really take that chance and I want to do it in a very transparent way. I think that's the only way to be very democratic, being transparent. I mean, it might be naive, <laughs> or it is naive. It's very much a naive uh, outlook on life, but I think that's important to have. Yeah, because it gives, I guess, a lot of also energy and a lot of you know hope, and you need all that kind of type of fuel, I guess, to to move on and and have um, actually the uh, willpower to move on, which is in a way, you know, having dreams is really important. So whether somebody's going to judge them as, oh, wow, naive or innocent or something, that's another story. But normally from this kind of hopeful thoughts, creativity is born as well. You think maybe differently and find new solutions. And I guess that's one of the things that you also want to accomplish here in the Norwegian uh, Foundation platform. But what is uh, actually Norwegian Foundation's dream, if we could call it like that? <laughs> we see a great potential in the ability of making the world a better place using technology. We all come from different uh, tech startups where we can see the scalability that tech startup has and the product can scale globally quite easily if you have a good product. And why not put that to work with 
things that improves the world. Uh, there are so many initiatives where people are making a big effort to improve the quality of life or saving lives or other types of, of improvements to the world, but it never really scales. And it's really good for those maybe 100 people, 1,000 people that are helped by that initiative. But we saw that there was actually like a white space, to use a business word in this uh, area. Using technology, we could really make a difference. So if you if you come here to sit with you in Norwegian House and so on, you need to have the kind of the tech and the impact. Uh, That's yeah. One or the other or both. We're aiming to scale the area of impact tech, but when we started to investigate, there wasn't that many impact tech companies around. So we invite also impact companies and organizations, and also pure tech and and other business companies as well because we think that in that synergy where people get inspired by each other they wouldn't meet otherwise they can really create something new unexpected something that could really make a difference and if you would just pick one uh, you know example of of uh, the impact tech companies that are here right now just pick one that you uh, want and just tell, you know, what are they going to solve or resolve as a global issue uh, with what they do? Yeah, of course, uh, the ones that are the most impact tech companies are initiatives, our own initiatives, Clarity and 29K, that are both based here. And Clarity is uh, about to solve corruption, focusing on the daily small petite corruption in the world and uh, 29k is uh, trying to democratize personal growth uh, very exciting very big and very hairy scary <laughs> problems in the world but with this kind of uh, this outtake on on life and this problem that everything is possible tech can give us a reach in globally quite easily and we can also iterate very quickly we can get products out there very fast and just start testing with people. And then maybe, maybe we can make a change in these very like large areas. So those two, I think, are very good examples of impact tech. But then we have impact organizations. We have the UNDP sitting here, for instance, very traditional organization, bringing a lot of good perspective to this area. We also have uh, certain financial investors that are focusing on uh, impact investing mostly, uh, for instance, backing mines. So we think that collaboration could be really, yeah, really something exciting and something new. But is this collaboration between the companies uh, working here going to be kind of pushed or co-created with you uh, actively or will it just happen because they're sharing space? I think that amazing things can happen if you just uh, grab coffee from the same machine. But I mean, we, we don't say that's enough because we think that there is so much more that can come from this. So the role that we're hiring right now that I'm the acting of is the chief of house. And that person should actually facilitate these meetings uh, rather than actually facilitating the actual what's going to come out of the meetings, but maybe creating areas, creating events, creating inspiration for people to collaborate or inspire each other on a totally new way that we haven't seen before. 
and, and having these organizations and companies speak more easily to each other. So that person should really, that's that person's biggest task, actually, the chief of house. I saw on your website uh, that there is um, social good meets modern technology and that there are three you know, parts, the incubator, the lab, and then Norgren House, the space as it's on its own. So w- what is the difference then between the incubator and the lab? The lab is where we start companies ourselves, where we have identified at the moment two big questions, uh, corruption and uh, personal growth or lack of personal growth rather. So we start the companies, we fund them completely, we hire people to run them. And so we start very, very early uh, with the idea of something or, or maybe not even the idea of the solution, but the idea of the problem and start to investigate. So that's the earliest we start. The incubator is uh, more of a traditional investment uh, company uh, where we invest. Uh, Currently, we invest for equity in different impact companies, impact tech companies. And um, yeah, so that's really more of a traditional way of of, uh, investing. But all of it, just to be clear, is of course for a business for profit. It's, it's, uh, that's the whole idea, there, right? We think that all business ideas have to be sustainable in some way, financially sustainable. They could be for-profit. I mean, we don't really have an issue if it's for-profit or non-profit, but they have to be sustainable because if they're not financially sustainable, they're not going to be around. So then they can't make impact. It's just simple as exactly. that. Exactly. And to turn back to, to yourself, what turning points in your life have influenced you the most? Growing up in in a middle-sized, very traditional Swedish town, I think my biggest impact making me think differently has been when I have been traveling. The first one was when I was an exchange student at the year of 17. I lived a year in Argentina, didn't know any Spanish, lived in an Argentinian family for a year and went to their high school and, and so on. And I mean, I thought I was very open-minded, and I was, but I hadn't really experienced anything else. So, yeah, theoretically, I was very open-minded, and practically, it's a whole different question. And how come it became Argentina? I thought I didn't want to go anywhere where they spoke English, because I thought I was really good at English, (laughs) good confidence at that point. And uh, I thought that Europe was exciting, but I could always go to Europe. I mean, it's so close. I could go there during university studies. I could do it later. And then I just kind of picked something out of random. And Argentina, I knew that the flag was uh, white and blue. I knew that uh, Maradona was from there, the soccer player. And that was about it. I think I had a hunch that Buenos Aires was the capital, but yeah. And and I didn't know any Spanish and I thought that that might be cool. Were you in Buenos Aires or? I was just outside Buenos Aires, yeah. Okay, wow. So you know how to dance well after those. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it could be, yeah. I I know a few tango steps, yes. I mean, you have to take the lessons if you're there. Okay, but what was your like conclusion? What did you kind of bring with you from 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 that? Apart from maybe becoming more like in general kind of humble and so on. What what did you take away with you? One thing that I I always bear with me is kind of a and it irritates me 
always, but I know it, it has to be that way, that you're born with and you're, you grow up with glasses that are your glasses on how you view the world. And the more you travel, the more you experience, the more people you meet and, and the more you put yourself into different situations, you can add on glasses, but you can never get rid of your first glasses anyhow. So if you have blue glasses to begin with and you put on yellow glasses, it doesn't mean that you could see the yellow world. You would just see the green world, which is mm. really good, but you have to know that you're looking at the green world and you're not looking at the yellow world. And, and that's irritating that you could never really like truly understand someone else's perspective, but just the knowledge that you don't, I think is very important. Mm. That's very true. But in terms of um, businesses and companies and how that works today and so on, what, what do you feel is the long-term solution for business? What do you believe in? I think the turning point for companies will have to be democracy, which is, sounds very weird. And I mean, democracy has been around for ages and we think it's very democratic, but it also changes the practical use of democracy, like how do you apply democracy into not just a political system, but also to companies. And I think transparency and engaging co-workers will be key to future companies. I don't know if big companies will be around in the same way they are right now, probably a few, but hopefully, that's my hope at least, the middle-sized companies will grow. And then then even more your employees are your biggest asset. Also, the more we turn into creating services rather than goods, employees will be your biggest asset. And if, you, if you're not transparent, if you're not including them and taking advantage of their enthusiasm, then I don't think you can last for that long. And that means also caring about what your employees care about, not only in the business sense, but also creating something that people can be proud of and that they feel makes a difference in the world. It doesn't have to be saving the planet, but it could be creating a service that actually helps someone in their daily life. So I think that's, I think it will be more connected to that. Impact meaning in that sense, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's actually, when you think about it, it's... Uh, Kind of astonishing that for the last, you know, 10, 20 years that that has not been the top of the agenda for many companies, considering that that's one of the, I would say, human needs that we have to feel that we are contributing, that we are empowered and, and able to help create or deliver certain uh, solutions to feel just meaningful as a person. So... Yeah, it has been quite weird because we have been climbing this ladder of getting food and shelter and... and so on and now we're at the top of that ladder and we want the self-fulfillment we want to feel fulfilled in mm. everything that we do mm. and uh, if the company we work for cannot give it to us I, I don't think we will be as loyal to them as we were before maybe do you think there is a big difference today between a person who is let's say 55 60 today how they look at this versus a person who is 25 30 i mean we we all grow up uh, having different surroundings and having different uh, political situations and, and financial situations, depending on how the world looks. Mm. And of course, it will be different if you're uh, 65 or if you're 25. 
because the world was different. The, the world that formed you was so different. So it, there would definitely be a, a difference. But if we just uh, dream a little bit and assume that all doors are open and, and all resources you can imagine are available, what would you innovate or change? I mean, there are so many topics and working in this organization, you're just uh, exposed to more and more and more. I believe anything that can make people feel safe and secure and stable in themselves and in their environment. And it could be for some people that means having food and shelter and education and some way of planning your future. For some people that could mean planning your future in the sense of knowing that you have a job to go to. But I believe that stable and secure people will create a better world in everything that we do. Then you don't have to be mean to other people or take advantage of other people or animal or the planet. So, I mean, if we could really find a way for people to just be somewhat more calm in their uh, everyday life, I, I think we could uh, come a long way. And if that's by research or, I mean, there are so many different ways. It has to be psychological research, of course, helping people to, to reach to that point. And in some ways, it's, it's just uh, making food last longer in the world or having clean water for people or sanitarian privileges that everyone <laughs> is supposed to have. Mm. So I think... Um, if we can create that, I, I, I think we can uh, really, but I mean, it's such a big, <laughs> big ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is, uh, you think, if we would define the human rights today, at least in our, let's call, westernized uh, world, mm. what is hum a human right today? I mean, for me, human rights is just the ability to live your life as you want without it affecting someone else negatively. But, I mean, going into detail, it's a lot more than that. Mm. But I think what gets lost sometimes is that it can't affect anyone else negatively. Mm. And it doesn't have to be. I mean, it's not human rights or improving the world in so many different ways. We have to see it in a different way. We have to grow the cake and not share the cake. And it's very much possible. Uh, it's a very old-fashioned way of viewing it that we have to share the cake. If you could uh, give one piece of um, advice uh, to leaders, what would it be? General leaders, business yeah. leaders, yeah. or any leader? No, well, it actually could be business leaders, I'm thinking, because they have a certain impact, uh, a big impact on mm. so many people. But of course, it's not only the CEOs, it can be different functions in a company that are, you know, viewed as, as, mm. pure, as real leaders. What would you kind of advise them to kind of think about? I would like to challenge them a little bit because creating profit anyone can do or a lot of people can do so that's just old news I mean if you should really make an impact and uh, create something that that counts you should do something different you should maybe create the most uh, co-creating company or you should rank the highest in personal satisfaction or you should uh, while creating you're making clothes you have also invented this whole new material that is sustainable for the future and so on i mean 
it's really, it's kind of lazy to just focus on profit, I would say. <laughs> and how does that, um, let's say, advice marry with this, you know, hysteria of quarterly reports and the stock exchange and, and all that? Yeah, I mean, as long as someone gains from that, that will be around. I think there will be more and more people not only focusing on stock exchange in the sense of creating profit, there will be a mix. You will have some companies in your portfolio that is just there to kind of create the cash flow. And then you have some that is uh, also helping you create an image. And I think that will be more and more important. And at the end of the day, I think in general, I mean, whatever is good, so to say, for the planet and and the people somehow is also good for the profit. So, so it's um, yeah. Let's hope that that uh, more and more company leaders are you know really <laughs> taking up that challenge to make sure that they are also understanding what kind of impact do we want to drive and trying to use it. I guess. Yeah, and and the impact that they're having, the negative impact that they're having, is not necessarily as far away as they might think. It's not 100 years from now we will notice that this factory was creating this big pollution in an area. It will be a year or two from now. You can not only be prosecuted for it, but you could actually lose face and image and maybe that would actually affect you business-wise. So it's not a sustainable theory, I think, to just keep on. But do you want to give an example of a company that you appreciate or, or are impressed by? I think uh, one of the companies that we have invested in uh, called Karma, it's a food-saving app. And what impresses me the most, except that it's a, it's a nice company and, and um, apparently since we invested in them, we think they have a great future. But I, I think they are something, they have found the magic key to what impact companies have to find. It's a win-win-win. No one loses. It's a good incentive for everyone to engage in this. The consumer gets uh, cheap and very good food. The restaurant doesn't have to throw away and pay for, for garbage pickup. And they also can sell a bit more. And the environment is, of course, benefiting from uh, food not being wasted. So I think there's no negative side to this for anyone in this whole product and, and this whole process. So they are really finding some the key to really traditional business development. And is this in Stockholm so far or? Yeah, Karma is available in Stockholm right now, but of course they, they want to expand to wherever they are appreciated. Great, great example. What about if you were to give advice to yourself some 10 years ago, for example, uh, what would that be? I think I would, and I know a lot of people say this, and it's very hard to, to uh, implement, but to be even more confident in that my decisions are well-grounded and they are good enough, given the information I have at any given point in time, and just to trust that even more. I could always make better choices and I still can and I probably always will. But at the point in time, I have the information I have and and it's just to be even more confident in that. Yeah, I think that's the best. You come across as very uh, confident uh, and um, aware kind of person. And I was thinking uh, in general that so many people 
around us, they always kind of fight with this, uh, I'm not good enough uh, kind of syndrome. <laughs> Do you think that's more typical for women than for men from your experience so far? I don't know if it's more typical for women than for men, but if you're always criticized, then of course you will doubt yourself. Or I mean, it's easier to doubt yourself more often. So given that women would be more criticized more often, then that will be quite unnatural. So, I mean, I'm all for constructive feedback, but being criticized and not highlighted, then you would start downing yourself always and, and get anxious. And how is the atmosphere so far in, in Norwegian? Of course, I mean, you have a personal growth company here and all that. So, of course, you, you, you are aware of these things very much. But is, it, is there all, already now a certain feel to, to Norwegian Foundation that, that you're kind of helping each other grow on a daily basis by being aware of what you say to each other and how that's going to affect each other and so on? Or are you going to kind of bring up maybe this kind of theme with the people in Norwegian House even to, to kind of work on that? I think we will uh, definitely introduce it to Norgren House and I know we have uh, a lot of members that are already really, really exploring these areas of co-creation and, and personal growth and, and so on. And in Norgren Foundation we are very aware that we are not perfect and that we're not experts, which creates a very relaxed atmosphere. I mean, we've never done this before, none of us. So as a team, we can just help each other, call out if we see something not working. It's not a specific person's fault, but I mean, as a team, we're creating something that we haven't done before and maybe no one has done before. That creates a very open and transparent atmosphere. We're also actually pushing the transparency. So we have, we're sharing all documents, like basically everyone in the team has access to everything that we do. Because if we can't explain it to ourselves, how could we explain it to the world? That's very important to us. Mm -hmm. So it would be really exciting to see when we take this and explore this further with all the members of Norgen House, because there will be so many different points of views and so many different exercises we can do together. It would be very inspiring, I think. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is the most uh, important thing for companies to focus on right now? I mean, it's always a matter of balancing how you should be sustainable for the few years ahead, maybe not 15 years, but I mean, you have to have some kind of planning time as well. You have to be able to plan like two or three years ahead. Otherwise it can't really inspire people to relax and feel stable and comfortable enough to, to really risk something. And, and that's what you have to do. You really have to risk a little bit. You have to risk a little bit of your image maybe sometimes. You have to risk a little bit of your preconceived uh, knowledge about how things work. And you really have to explore how can we do this differently and would it be better? And then try. I mean, I come from, from the tech world and, and we always try, we iterate quickly with users. That's the only way to know if something works. And, uh, but it also, it demands risk taking. It's scary to let someone know what you're thinking about your product and, and your baby that you're creating and letting them in very early. Even when you know that it's not done and it's not perfect and it's not even maybe even near to good. 
And uh, I think that's the most important thing to create something that people want and need. You used to work for Klarna before, and what is your kind of main lesson that you take with you from, from there? I think it is this kind of fearlessness that you just jump, you just try, and you just quickly figure out if this works or not by testing it with users. And we did that in everything that we did, product development, but also internally that we tried to figure out a process that worked within my team, for instance, and then we just tried it and then we iterated together and it creates a whole different buy-in. And I, I really like that very intuitive type of product development and process development. And um, if we move up one uh, step higher, uh, thinking about the whole world, you know, as such, what do you think that the world needs most at uh, this time? I think we need peace and quiet and the ability to let things be a little bit, feeling secure, feeling safe. Because if you feel secure and safe, then you can accept other people's perspective. Then you can relate to other people, other people's problems. You can look outside yourself and your immediate crisis or chaos that you have in your personal life and see your society, your country and, and the planet as a whole. You can be kind to people. You can only be kind to people if you are secure and safe. So I think security and, and the sense of feeling safe is, is key to everything. And in chaos, I, I mean, I usually say that chaos is my necessary fuel, but I mean the positive chaos in uh, that things are happening very quickly and it gives you some kind of adrenaline rush. But there's a lot of negative chaos as well, where you don't see how, not necessarily how this will be solved, but if it is solvable at all. So security and, and sense of safe, I think, for the whole world. Very ph philosophical right now, but <laughs> I mean, that, that's the key. Yeah. But if we would uh, have the founder of Norwegian Foundation, Niklas Oderbert, here mm. now, if we, you would just make a wild guess, what would be his answer to... What do you think the world needs most at this time? Oh, that's uh, difficult. I, I think we share the, this sense of, of uh, making people be able to take other people's perspective and uh, not feeling challenged in a negative way. But then he, I think, uh, given that he has uh, created Norgren Foundation, of course, he wants to kind of poke the business leaders to create something that also improves the world. Frida, thank you very, very, very much. Uh, it's been really valuable and, and uh, interesting to talk to you. And um, for those of you listening, to find out more about Frida and the Norwegian Foundation, uh, head to norwegianfoundation.org. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao.